Hello, all you seed members or possible followers of the Sorceress. My name is Dalton, and joining me, as always, is my good buddy. This is Ryan. And this is the Steam Machine Podcast, and this week we are covering part two of Final Fantasy VIII. There's not much news this week that I saw. Um, no, Xbox had their little event, and they released a couple a couple trailers for things coming up. It looks like it's either... It looks like a Fable reboot. It doesn't look like a another sequel or anything like that. Because the as Fable, much as... Yeah. yeah, as much as I love number three in that series, a lot of people shat on it. Like, they didn't... Like, everyone seems to love number two. And number three, their, their numbers dropped, and then the mobile game just absolutely didn't survive. It lasted for maybe like a year and a half. I didn't even know there was a mobile game. Yeah, they see that, that's how much Fable <laughs> dropped off as a franchise by by that time. But uh, it, I love I love the Fable series, so this 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 will be cool to check out. This will oh, be cool absolutely. to check out. And then with the the no exclusives, it's going to be PC probably at launch with the Xbox version. So Fuck it'll be yeah yeah it'll be something to pick up and get because it again like. It looks just like a straight up reboot of the Fable franchise. It doesn't look like it's going to be like a remaster or a remake or a sequel or prequel to the to the series. It looks like they're just starting over. I can't blame them though. Yeah. Like the way the way the old series was was yeah, it was really good and I'm currently playing through the original uh Fable just in my own free time and having a blast with it and they're really fun, but Peter Molyneux, the guy behind Lionhead Studios or something, you know, he worked. I know he had a lot to do with Fable. Mm-hmm. Um, was so bad about overpromising things that it, it it got to the point that it was ridiculous. Like, I remember, it, I I offer anyone to go check out the Factory Sealed Retro Gaming podcast. They have an episode on Fable, and throughout the entire episode eric just randomly is chiming in with you were promised and he just he names off like this massive list of things that were promised to be in fable but didn't yeah happen like the acorn thing that's always the one people go to they said that if an acorn falls from a tree eventually wherever that acorn lands another tree will grow and that shit just wasn't possible for the xbox and stuff back then yeah you know Maybe on PC, but even that I think was pushing it at the time. Nowadays, they might be able to pull something along those lines off. So with a series reboot and just starting from scratch, I have a feeling that this could either be just what Fable needs or this is going to be the final nail in the coffin of the Fable series. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Like they, they must, they must have some sort of faith in it to put it in their, in their little mini event that they held and, advertising it for like the next console yeah and then uh the other the other game that really stood out to me i think it was called avowed yeah i believe was the name of it and it's the new obsidian rpg you know we just covered uh the outer worlds yeah which which everyone said was obsidian's fallout and now they're like oh well this new game is just obsidian's elder scrolls yeah pretty much like when i saw the the sword and the magic and i was like this is this is elder scrolls like they didn't show much but i really like obsidian so yeah. like i'm all for it i'm looking forward to giving it a shot whenever it whenever it comes out i don't know if there was a release date 
I was too no, focused I didn't, on the I other didn't, stuff. I didn't really see any release dates, I don't think. I, they, they were just like teasers almost. Like, look what we have coming. Yeah, yeah. I know. But, uh, our, with this our, but, whole shutdown and everything, it's really hard to get an actual release date for like anything anymore, whether it's movies, TV shows, video games, album releases. It's just, it's all play by ear at this point. And, you know, real quick before I mention something that I would like to, on that point, to so hold that thought, I want to thank uh, our buddy Dustin, who listens to the show, for pointing out to me that on the post that I shared about Fable, I was like, oh, I can't, I hope this comes to PC one day. And he's like, bro, it says Windows right there it next says, to Xbox. Yeah. And I was like, oh, see, I shared that when I had gotten up and hadn't put my glasses on yet. And what is, what is that? gets me all the time. The Occam's razor, oftentimes the most simplest thing is overlooked. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know that that's, I, you know, I've never heard that before, but that's very, yeah. very true. Yeah. Very true. Um. Okay, so speaking of not knowing release dates and everything, there's still no release date, but there was an announcement that Final Fantasy Remake Part 2 is now in full production. Yeah, they're in full production. It'll probably get dropped next 2020, year 2023 i bet or 2022 i bet it's going to be 2021 it'll probably be or if they really crank it out and hire the right amount of people to do it they will get it dropped for the black friday sales of 2021 cuz they have they have to especially if they're going with a lower console price on the ps5 they're going to have to recoup that money somehow, and how are they going to do that? By dropping a game that everyone is going to fucking buy. Like, I can't argue that. can't argue that. Now, man, okay, so quick question before we get into the game. How do you feel about uh, exclusivities? I don't know if we've covered this before. We may have. Like, do you, do you like exclusivities? Like, is that something that like makes you lean more towards buying one console or another console or do you kind of just hope that games come out for any of them and that way you can kind of be like well i like this brand so i can still play games that i want to play on this brand i like titles that like if they're done by a studio that is used to doing games for the different platforms and the different consoles and everything like that and know how to tweak it so that they run specifically on like the hardware that is used in those different consoles and stuff like that i have no problem with it but i do like exclusivities as well like gran turismo on the playstation versus forza on the xbox both driving simulators but they both play completely different and they're both awesome in their own right and they couldn't have their own fan bases that are wildly yeah, rabid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, I think Final Fantasy was great as just, like, that Sony exclusive starting from from 7 uh, on the PlayStation 1 and up. And then when they did the cross-platform thing, it kind of fucked it up for me. Like, I picked it up on the Xbox and gave it a whirl when I had that, and it just didn't feel right playing Final Fantasy on an Xbox. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. That would be like playing Halo... On a PlayStation, like I could, I could get that. I can get that. If you want to play Halo on a PlayStation, just play Destiny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's, it's like, I, I don't mind the exclusivities. Like it, it gives you a reason to own more than one console. But yeah. 
not every game release has to be an exclusive. The studios really need to, like, if they're going to do the exclusives, they need to be really picky with what titles they are going to do and make sure that those titles are worth getting the console for. Oh, yeah. And honestly, in in the past few, you know, I don't know, uh, five years or so, it's been all about Sony for me. Yeah. You know, I don't, Xbox has not done anything that's really shocked me or surprised me. No, and then that's why I picked up the PS4 the last time I picked up con- like a ma- like a major console like that. It's like, do, do I want the Xbox One or do I want the PS4? I'm going to go with the PS4. Like, I know a lot of people with the Xbox. They're like, oh, get the Xbox, get the Xbox. It's like, no, I've, I feel more comfortable with the playstation and i like some of the games better i can't name one xbox one exclusive game right off the top of my head but i can name a bunch for playstation you know you had like spider-man um you had horizon zero dawn yeah both of those games those are the only ones you need those two games were console defining games yeah and they both came out for PlayStation. Yeah. But the reason I was asking is because this whole situation where Xbox is no longer going to do like exclusives yeah. for Xbox. You know, if they're gonna release it for Xbox One and then their new Xbox Series X or whatever and PC and things like that. Yeah. But then there I, are games. Oh, I would ahead. say it wouldn't be like console exclusive at that point, but it, as much as it would just be like Microsoft exclusive, they they really don't care if Sony wants to pick up the title and publish it for the the PS4, or the PS5, or if Nintendo wants to pick it up for the Switch. They just like, all right, we want to get this out on the Xbox One, we want to get this out on the Xbox X, and we want to get this out for Microsoft PC gaming. Like, let's hit as many markets as we can. Because from what I've been reading is these major console companies, Sony, Microsoft, they don't even see a console war going anymore. They don't view each other as competition. They're like, we both have our own niche followings and our niche fan groups, and we know true gamers are going to buy every console whatsoever. So we see no point in trying to hurt your business. We see no point in trying to buy up as many exclusive titles as possible. Like They just want to tap as much market as possible now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just the way I look at it is like that's really cool. I've always been an Xbox kind of hater since I got a 360 and that thing red ringed on me after a year. But I am really looking forward to the way that they're going to be go- doing their things going forward because if they do have, you know, uh, Microsoft exclusive games, then at least we'll be able to play them on PC. Yeah, I don't have to buy a console. That's sweet. Yeah. Now there are some PlayStation games that are out even like right now. That I'm hoping eventually, once like the year or two year contract, whatever it is, is up, get released up otherwhere in like Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. I want that game really bad, but I yeah. don't have a PS4 Pro, so I don't want to even try to play it. I don't have the Pro either, so I guess I'd be fucked out of that game too. And that's yeah. what I really want to pick up. Like, and I mean, it looks can, gorgeous from what I've seen. You can still play it on there. You know, it's just not going to look exactly like it yeah. should because the game's made for the Pro. But it, you know, whatever. But it, like being able to play that on PC would be sweet. Now, yeah. I think it my, would just look awesome thrown up on my projector anyway. Like, no matter oh, what resolution yeah. it was. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, you take up the whole wall. That would be sweet. Yeah. Um, I do have a caveat with this Xbox thing, and it's like, 
as long as they release their games on Steam or GOG or whatever, I don't even care if they release it on Epic. I know everybody's got a problem with the Epic Games launcher, like, whatever. If Xbox starts releasing their games only on the Microsoft Store, I am going to be absolutely pissed. Yeah. Which leads me to the fact that I had downloaded the 70 gigs or whatever for Fantasy Star Online 2 from the Microsoft Store, knowing that there's this active bug that if you restart your computer, it deletes everything. So, I logged out of Fantasy Star. I went to log back in. It wouldn't let me log in. I was like, what the hell? Tried to uninstall it and delete it. Wouldn't uninstall and delete. So, I'm like, well, this is weird. So, I restarted my computer and it was all gone. Oh, man. So, I'm like, all right, well, this is going to come out on Steam in August. I'm just going to wait until then. Yeah. With with the way the technology is upgrading every year and everything like that, I think we will get to the point where Microsoft doesn't even work, worry about producing like an Xbox console. And what they'll do is they'll just turn their whole gaming division into like the Xbox brand and build a console, say like the Series X coming out or whatever. And instead of that just being a standalone console... That's a gaming tower specifically built for, like, PC gaming. But it's still called the Xbox. Like, if my my laptop with the Microsoft 10 stock software or whatever, you click on the gamings tab, it's Xbox. They, they call it the Xbox tab, the Xbox oh, yeah, file. The, yeah, the, the beta so, Xbox like, store. I could see, like, the next generation of console not even be, like, a true console. It's just going to be like, hey... Here is this new Microsoft like gaming tower that we are calling the Xbox whatever whatever and it's going to yeah. have like all the top of the line shit but it's going to play like PC games it, it's everything's going to be done PC. I mean that's pretty much how it is now except they yeah. just make it a console interface and yeah. you know I mean even if they were restricted to where like say you couldn't go on the internet browser on it like mm-hmm. a big whoop de doo it's like if you're using that for fucking gaming yeah. And stuff you know it is what it is but if you can still get on youtube through apps and things like that yeah and just it would just make it easier for people not to be able to uh hack them yeah you know which you know uh i don't necessarily i'm not necessarily against that but i'm not necessarily for that yeah i think once a system is past its prime and no longer being supported by the companies dude if you want to hack it and load that bitch with every super nintendo game that's ever been created go for it yeah but hacking something that's well, it's still like kind the Super Nintendo Classic and like the Sega well, Classic. The well, that, that's many a things. little different. Yeah, but they they knew that people were going to mess with that thing for like right from the release, so they like purposely left so much empty space on there so that people can mod it. Like oh, they're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. pretty much just like here, what can you do with this? Like yeah, yeah. Hey, we're selling you a really cheap version of a Raspberry Pi, so just. Do what you want with it. Yeah. And it, it didn't take people very long to crack no, that thing open. It did And not. now there's even like there's mods now that like you can get pieces and attach to it. And the where your HDMI plugs in, there's like a little piece and it has a USB stick that you can keep gigs and gigs worth of games on it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's wild. Yeah. It's wild how they come with that. Yeah, that was one of the first things I did when I got mine. I think my Super Nintendo Mini... For the people on video, it's this thing right here. It has about 190 games on it or so. 
Oh, I thought it was a lot more than that because I know it, it, we spent it might be. we we spent like almost an hour just going through the entire library you had on there. Yeah, it might have been even more because I've added a bunch of original Nintendo games, you, you, which are. Didn't you have more than just that too? You had like the NES, the Super Nintendo. Didn't you have some Sega titles on there as well? Because the Sega had yeah. essentially the same controller. Yeah, yeah. Some of the Sega games are a little bit of a bitch because I think the uh, the Genesis controller had like it had six one buttons. or two more buttons. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, some of the some of the games you could get through pretty easily, like the RPGs and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I've got Sega game. Uh, I have Sega Master System games on there, which mm-hmm. you know my Master System's back behind me on this corner. It's so it's it's got all kinds of stuff on there, and those games are so small size wise. Yeah. That it doesn't matter. Like you can just load it up. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest Super Nintendo game that I've found was Star Ocean, and I think it's like six megabytes. Yeah. Which was massive back then, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, I was just I was just curious how you felt about all that, you know, uh, and then we got off on the tangent on hacking. <laughs> so, well, let's go ahead and jump back into Final Fantasy VIII. I believe we left off where you guys are at the, I'll call it a crossroads, and they're all standing around, and Irvine is telling you guys that the missiles are being aimed at Trivia Garden and. Bottom Garden, yeah, and, and some missiles fire off in the distance, and he says, "I heard they were shooting for Travia first. And yeah. Sophie kind of drops to her knees. Everybody makes you go talk to Sophie. She is immediately like, "I have to get revenge. Um, we need to go to the missile command center and see if we can't." Divert these missiles coming towards Balam because if I couldn't save Trabia, at least we can try to save the other garden. Yeah. So you end up devising a team. Who did you use for your uh, missile base team? Oh, who did I have? God, I think I took Quistus and Irvine. It's exactly who I went with. It was Selfie Quistus and Irvine. Yeah. And once you go up into the missile base, you guys are. In the Galabadian soldier garb. So you can wander around and keep your cool as long as you're like listening to everybody and kind of not being a douche. You can get through without being noticed for a while. Yeah. But eventually you need to make your way into start. You start fucking with controls and trying to figure out a way to divert the missiles and everything. And then you get you run a couple of little errands for people around the missile base and then you get found out or at least i got found out just said screw it let's just start fighting so i fight my way through all the way up to the control center and have to fight the uh the guys up there in that room did they give you any trouble soldiers i assume not no yeah um take them out and then you have to press buttons in three different areas of the room yeah and good old-fashioned oh, go like rpg thing where they it's not just a straightforward like next next encounter next encounter next encounter they started throwing in a little more puzzles at this part at this point of the game disc two beginning of disc three gets really you really have to focus more on the environments as well as the encounters oh yeah oh yeah absolutely um so you beat those guys and you have to set a timer yeah and you have 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. It's like you were practicing for something with Ifrit, right? Yeah. And I think I chose 20 minutes on this one. That's what I did as well. And it's it's basically just giving you the time to almost leave, then turn around and have to go back 
for something. Or that might have already happened. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure. It's blur. It's like I played this four or five days ago, but I feel like I haven't played it in forever because I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um. So the Galibadian soldier in red that you beat, I don't think it was Biggs and Wedge again, but I think no, no, like- I, I'm pretty sure it was Biggs and Wedge because I know you encounter them more than once in this game. Well, that wouldn't surprise me then. So once you beat them, you run out and he sends a giant machine after you called the ironclad or also known as the bgh 251 f2 then it had to it had to have been bigs and wedge because that's like their their thing you you encounter them you beat their ass and then they send a machine after you like (laughs) like the opening of the game this this would be like a cool running gag in the game. Every time you face Biggs and Wedge, you have to deal with a contraption because they're all pissy. Uh, (laughs) This thing, it didn't give me a hard time because I had already stocked up on a bunch of Thunder Magic and Quetzalcoatl was already leveled up good about because I had already hit the uh, Cactar Island. Oh yeah, Cactar Island. Which, by the way, if listeners, if you do not know, Cactar Island, if you, there is a spot before you get to Ragnarok when you're in Balam Garden that you can run along the edge of this one part of the continent that's right near Cactar Island. And if you pull your menu up, it says that you're on Cactar Island. So right in this little area of the map, you can run around and exploit it and kill Cactuars. And they are worth 20 AP apiece. They give you like five experience. They give you bullshit for experience, but 20 AP a piece. You beef up those girlfriends, guardian forces. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Uh, So when I was looking up some information for today's show, um, one of the Google things was how do I boost my girlfriend in Final Fantasy (laughs) VIII? I was like, oh man, that's not what GF means in this. Come on. (laughs) I just picture like a 13 year old trying to figure out what it means and he doesn't know what gf stands for so he just types in girlfriend but i will say give her it the brought lim- up the answer yeah. you gotta give her it, the the limit break then the the phoenix down then the potion then the limit break again <laughs> and then break out the x potion yeah and, and, and then it's all over at that point you don't want to give her any more potions because she's probably an undead then then you have to pull out the cottage because the, everything gets healed after that yeah yeah or a tent <laughs> Get some rest. <laughs> um, fuck, not a muscle. Yeah, the Cactar Island really helps yes. you boost your boost your GF without boosting your overall level. Um, yeah, I this, I sat there and yeah. killed Cactars until I had every ability on every one the of my GFs. The more I play this game, the more I realize this game is all about the junction system and focusing on everything else but your actual actual character build. Like, if you want to play this game and do it super easy, focus on everything but yourself. Yeah. Use the card feature. Use your GFs. Get your GFs as many experience as possible. Um, the Cactar Island giving you more AP than experience. The lower level Squall is, the easier the encounters are because they they scale to your level. But that doesn't stop from your GFs from completely overwhelming 
encounters later on the game if you really focus on beefing them up instead of Squall. Yeah, and not to mention, you know, you can get their, you know, strength plus 60% junction stats and things like that. And you add that up, and I'm hitting for 9999 on crits, you know. it's yeah. It's beautiful, and I, all my characters have max HP because I have the right magic junction to that, which I recommend full life. Yeah. Or Ultima. It's, yeah, the, the, this, the system for 8 completely took it in a different direction from all the previous Final Fantasy games with the way they used the junction system. Oh, yeah, it's, that's why it's a black sheet, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But once you get used to the system... It's hard to not enjoy it because it does take that time and devotion to learn it. And then once you learn it, you're like, God, this is awesome because you could fly through this game with the right junction builds, the right junction setups. Like, Oh, totally, dude. If you can manage to have like one character with status effect junction blind and, mm-hmm. and then have another one with status effect junction silence. That it's like anytime they attack their enemies, they have a chance of inflicting blind or silence. Mm-hmm. And it's like any enemy, they're either going to hit you with magic or physical attack. So if you blind and silence them, they are worthless. Yeah. And they can't. A, yeah. Every character is going to has a physical or a magic. So you, you hit them with one of those two, they're done. They're done. Like, it's just like when we were talking about Diablos. If you blind Diablos, he almost can't kill you unless he gets a lucky shot because none of his magic can take you down to zero HP. Yep. The Demi stops at one HP. Yeah, right. and so does his Grava Gravitaja oh, the, the, or whatever. The, the Gravitas, yeah. Yeah. That you know, that is the same way. It takes you for a percentage of your HP. Mm-hmm. Um so anyways, this ironclad boss that you're fighting outside of the Galabadian missile. It's it's it looks like a big tank with six giant pillars on it. Yeah. Or something. And as you fight it, those slowly blow up. I assuming those are like their engines or wind turbines or something. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the engine. Like the the main power of but the they, of it itself. So you destroy it, or so you think. And if you did everything right inside of the missile base, the missiles will go off and everyone's all sad. And the self-destruction thing happens at the base and you think that the party that you sent died. Yeah. So after that, you then revert over to Squall and company. Mm-hmm. And you go and they... At the same time, this Galabadia missile crisis thing is going on, and you guys are taking care of that. This is also happening, coinciding with that. So then you take over a Squall and company, and you go back to Bottom Garden. Yeah. And there is chaos going on. And one of the garden guys in their little monk robes and Raiden hats comes up to you, and he says, Whose side are you on? The headmaster or the garden master? And Squall was like, well, What the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, and the guy's just like, you're not one of the Nork supporters. Die! And you fight, and then Squall, you, you, you beat this battle, and Squall is still like, what the fuck is going on? So yeah. somebody finally explains to you that the Garden Master is rebelling against the Headmaster, or something along those lines. Yeah. And if, but if you maintain, you have to maintain, for the best rewards, you maintain your loyalty to Sid. Yeah. 
So every time that they're coming at you and asking, don't lie. Just be like, no, I support Sid. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. And you will get the best rewards out of it. Now, they will attack you every time. If you refuse to swear allegiance to Norg, who you find out is Master Norg, is the guy who runs the garden. Or yeah. funds, sorry, not runs it, but funds it. But you have to run around and save seed candidates everywhere. Yeah. You know, you kind of inspire them to keep helping and fighting and all that. They might give you a little item to help you out. You can pick up quite a few items while you're in here. Um, I don't think any of them are super rare or super strong items, but there's some good ones. I think you can grab like a tent or two from a couple people. Um, There's a couple potions, I think, floating around from certain people. Well, so you eventually make your way to search for the headmaster running around on the first floor, and you run and you see... uh, Zhu running up the steps to the elevator. So then, like, you chase after her and go up, and you start talking to Sid. That apparently he, they said that he was hiding, but really he has been in his office the whole time. He never moved. <laughs> He's like, wait, there's something going on. <laughs> so you try to talk to him, and he like collapses because he's so stressed out and everything. So he tells you that you need to go talk to Norg. So. You open the hatch and you head down there and you end up fighting these like weird, they're called oil boils. Yeah. And they're strange, man, but they're really easy if you have some fire magic. Yeah. Light them up, literally. Yeah. Literally. And if you aren't drawing fire magic, you're not using draw, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you, you run up to go check on... You know, everybody else after the fight with the oil boils and you talk to Sid and you offer to go check on the others and everything. You run up to the deck and then you return to the headmaster's office and he's not there. You you meet a garden faculty member near the directory that tells you to take the elevator down to the basement and you head down that way and you talk to Sid who is down there getting screamed at. <laughs> And this is where you're introduced to Norg, who is like this massive shoomy. Yeah. And the dude is super greedy. And there's a thing with the shoomy that they don't reveal their hands because like their hands are reveal like are like sacred because you work with your hands and all that stuff. So like they don't really show you their hands a lot. Mm-hmm. If you notice, Norg is constantly waving his hands and stuff at you. Like he doesn't give a shit because he's all about money. Yeah. So you end up fighting this guy, and he's not so hard. I think he had like twelve thousand HP or so when I scanned him. You know. Yeah. He wasn't so bad, but I will say, I forgot to draw a Leviathan from this motherfucker. Yep, there's another one of these GFs that you can you can miss by not using the draw feature of this game. Yep, and I missed Leviathan, which I think I'll have another chance to get him in Ultimacius Castle, but I could be wrong. Other than that, though, at this point, I have all the GFs. Well, at the point I'm at in the game, not at this point in the game, but... Yeah, same. Where where I'm at, it's about... I I think I've picked up every single one. I don't think I've missed one yet. Yeah, I I was happy when I remembered to get Doom Train. (laughs) Yeah. Which that motherfucker is not easy to get. No. So, Norg, I remember him. I think he was weak to wind. So, like, you just, like, hit him with Pandemona. 
Yeah. And some arrow magic, and you'll be fine. Um, but listeners, please do not forget to draw Leviathan, because then you will feel like an idiot like me. After you beat him, there is a draw point up on his little carriage-like thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even know what to call it. It's like a ship or like a, I don't know, a throne. But you can draw some magic from it. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, it's what it's for, it it's for, it's from the pod, and it's a bio. Is it bio? Okay, yeah, I could I could not remember. I'm like, what is it? Um, after that, you head to the infirmary and you tell Katawaki that you need to see Sid, and she's like, no, you can't see him right now, and he's basically like. No, it's okay. I think I'm done crying. <laughs> they could come in. She's like, you two need to take it easy when you're training. <laughs> Squall's like, my forehead hurts. <laughs> so, you basically, this is where he, I think this is where he tells you that the sorceress is his wife. Yeah. And that he had taken on Norg to help fund the garden, but soon realized that his greed was you know, far more than what he had wanted or needed for this project. Anyways, now you got to go find Alone. Yep. And I believe she was in the library? Yep, she's in the library. And she starts talking to Squall like she knows him, and he's like, I know you from somewhere, but like, where the fuck do I know you? And I, I believe that's when she starts uh, kind of foreshadowing parts of the plot. Yeah. Gosh, I'm trying to remember. After that, I believe you headed to. Yeah, this is that's right. This is where you head to Fisherman's Horizon. Yep. This is the, this is where the side quests really start picking up. And this is one of my favorite towns in the whole game. I love Fisherman's Horizon. It's so chill. Yeah, it is. This part of the game is meant to give you kind of like a break from the storyline. It lets you do some grinding to either level up your GFs, level up your characters, or start stockpiling on cards, if that's what you're what you're in for. Like, totally. There's so many side quests available from Fisherman's Horizon. Did you do the Master Fisherman quest? No, I did not. No. I went ahead and did it. I hadn't done it before. I thought it was pretty interesting. You didn't get too much from it, you know, but it was it was still pretty cool. No, but I think once you're down once you're down there and stuff, if you're really into the cards and stuff, you can pick up the uh Quetzalcoatl card from Fisherman's Horizon. Yeah, you get that from Mayor Doby because uh, that's yeah. That's how I got it. Mm-hmm. Um I do know that you head to the I think it's the, the residential area and the station yard and you get, you see where the, uh, the mayor or first, no, I'm sorry. First and foremost, you get invited to the mayor's house. Yeah. And the mayor's like, why are you here? You're like, uh, we kind of just lost control of our garden. And they're like, well, we're going to help you fix it. So you guys can fuck off because <laughs> you guys are violent. And we don't do violence here and you promote violence. And if you're here, that means violence is going to follow you here. <laughs> And Squall's like, uh, all right, yeah, we're trying to fuck off as fast as possible, so if you could help us, that would be great. Like, you, you guys need to fuck off. Well, we want to fuck off, but we need your help. Like, yeah, We would like to fuck off as fast as possible, you hillbilly, now help us get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and so they, they go and start helping you work on the ship and everything. 
God, that was so But funny. we're just simple fishermen. We don't <laughs> like the, the, the violence that you all bring with you. And it's just, uh, get, yeah, we'll, we'll help you. Get get out of here. It's like... Now, Skeeter, we, he ain't hurting nobody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. So, um, he's like, of course, then Galabadia shows up. And they're looking for you guys. And the mayor's like, I fucking knew it. I knew that violence would come if you fucking stayed There's here. treachery afoot. You didn't fuck off fast enough. <laughs> like, I told you you should have already fucked off. Fuck off a week ago. <laughs> so you, you, uh, you, you, you're like. I really this love old... this part of the game. I really love Fisherman's Horizon. Like... The, old, the old man's like, I'm going to go have a strong talking to them. It's almost like, oh, fuck, he's going to get killed. <laughs> yes. So you guys end up having to take off and go help him. And you're like, he's talking to this Galabadian soldier who just, like, knocks his ass down to the ground, of course. So you have a choice whether to intervene or keep watching. I'm like, well, I can't watch this old man get beat up. So I intervene. And the soldiers are weak. Like, you, you take down the soldiers, no problem. But then, like, out of the fucking grave... Like Frankenstein being raised by a lightning bolt. Here comes the <laughs> freaking ironclad thing again that you that destroyed the, his selfie. Yeah, the, the BGH251F2. Yeah, comes just <laughs> crawling out of nowhere and jumps down. Thing looks beat to shit. And you're just like, what the fuck? And it's like, <laughs> and it goes it's into like, the battle again. It's like, I told you to fuck off. <laughs> Why is this thing here? So it doesn't take long. Like the thing's already beat to hell. Like you destroy, <laughs> yes. it. you destroy it, and it goes falling off the side of the cliff. And then, just like miraculously, climbing up the cliff is Quistus Irvine and Selfie. <laughs> like, Hi, we're back, <laughs> and I'm just like, holy hell! And Squall's just like, glad you guys are okay. And they're like, you care. <laughs> yeah, Squall is finally starting to show some sort of emotion. They they are quick to call him out on it, too. Yeah. Like any, anytime Squall says anything nice, they're like, Squall, are you feeling all right? <laughs> are you okay? Who, who the fuck is this guy? Like, what status effect is he under? <laughs> um, And I think after that point, you kind of just run back and you kind of get the garden together and stuff. And this is where they do the... The, the musical performance thing. Yes, you can do the musical performance here. And there is, like, certain ways that you need to set this up because apparently it's just, like, you know... You, you can a do a slow song or a fast song depending on which instruments you pick for the yeah. party. And I looked this up just because I wanted to know, and I did the Irish jig, which I believe was, like, the guitar, the flute, the tap... And the violin. And the violin, yeah. I I did those. And I don't know what it really affects other than dialogue, because I know if the song is bad, like, not only do you have to listen to it throughout the whole next, like, half an hour cutscene. It's just a little, it's just like a little mini thing in there. I don't think it actually has anything to do with the storyline. It's just some random shit for you to fucking kill more time and. But if you fuck up. If you fuck up, it sounds horrible, and you have to listen to it. Like it's like they, yeah. they make you live with your mistake. Yeah. Um. But basically, this this whole part is set up for Squall and Renoa to have like this romantic moment on this fisherman's horizon. It looks like a 
It reminds me of the scene in Cable Guy when Jim Carrey takes that dude up to the giant uh oh the the dish satellite and they lay yeah. on it. Like that's what the thing that they're standing on reminds <laughs> me of. It's a giant satellite looking thing. So Renault is basically like, you know, we know that you you're the leader now. Like Sid made you the leader. Yeah. You have to take on a lot of responsibility and we know you squall and you're going to try to do this all yourself and it's going to drive you up a fucking wall and it's going to kill you and Renault is like you have to be able to open up to your friends because we love you and squall's like you don't know me off <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, fuck off <laughs> so let me die like... in fact i have the quote pulled up right here Renault says to him we all love you there i said it but please don't freak out we just want to live, you know, live through this time with you together. And then Squall, I think, just like gives a bunch of ellipses and like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, just... It sounds about right. That sounds about right. There's two possible outcomes for this part. And there's either it ends friendly or they end up fighting. I got the friendly side. Yeah, same. Because, you know, I was trying to pick the good answers. I'm trying to make Squall not such a douchebag in my playthrough. Yeah. <laughs> so, I believe this is where, yeah, this is where you, you head back to Balam. Yeah, this is when you, you could start doing some more side quests. Yes, yes, this is where I you can pick uh, up uh, did the Cactar stuff. You can do Cactar Island, you can do uh, uh, Tonberry King GF, you can pick yep. up Odin. Um, there's a couple other ones. I think um, Chocobo Forest. I think is. Ooh, I've the, done one of those. Those are fucking annoying as shit to me. Yeah, they are. They are. The, um, um, I did do the Shumi Village though. Yeah, and then there's some good cards you can pick up at this point too. The Leviathan card, the Carbuncle card, the Gilgamesh card, and the Renoa card are all available at this point. Nice. I believe you get the Gilgamesh card from Quistus, right? Uh, I, th I think so. I think, I think she's, so. the, uh, she's the head of the CC group. Yeah. If you've um, been doing the CC side quests, yeah. Yeah, which I, I knocked all those out in quote-unquote disc two. Yeah. Just because I was fucking around. <laughs> no. uh, so, at this point you find out that, well, everybody's like, we need to go check on Balam. Yeah. Because the... Uh, you know, the missiles had dodged it and all of that when you guys had gotten in the garden and got it mobile and got away from, you know, I guess, yeah, the missiles coming in because now there's like a giant crater where the Yeah, there's the crater. Right yeah. So you go back to Balam and there's a Galabadian, their Galabadia's garden is outside of it. So you run in there and it's the whole sit, the little town is taken over. So at that point, you have to find, I think you either. Yeah, you say, you tell the guard at the front gate that he won't let you in. Zell was like, motherfucker, my mom is in there. Yeah, I will beat yeah. the shit out of you. Zell, if you didn't pick it up early in the game, Zell is from Balam. Like, and this is, this is the point where you encounter his mom. Yeah, and every time, if you've been in his house before, which I think you ran in there once or twice earlier in the game, if you, every yeah. time you try to run up in his room, he's like, yo, that's my bedroom. It's sacred. You can't go in there. Stay out of my room. 
<laughs> I told you not to bother me when I'm cleaning my room. <laughs> um, so you go. He, in he's probably and- got some like kawaii shit hanging up all over the walls, despite him like super flexing every time he gets angry. <laughs> he he reminds me of a, a Gretzko, the the little red panda anime that does the death metal to take out her frustration. That show is awesome. Yeah, that, that that's who Zell reminds me of. Like that would totally be Zell. He's all super happy and gung ho, but once he needs to take out his aggression, he just turns like ultra violent. <laughs> At this point, like I said, Zell is flipping the fuck out. Yeah, Squall's, Squall's like, hey, listen. We have information on Ellen, so let us the fuck in, and we'll talk to your commander. And the guy's like, you have, oh, you have no, oh, shit. Uh, Yeah, yeah, come on in, come on in, but we're going to keep an eye on you. You guys go wandering in, and you go to try to talk to this commander, and she wants you to, or the guards outside are like, we need you to go find the general, or whatever they called him. And... If you haven't figured it out by now, you will in a few minutes when you're doing this quest that these commanders and generals, uh, you already know who they are. So in order to find the general, you have to run around and talk to all these different people. There's somebody you can buy a tip from, tells you where he likes to take a nap and all this stuff. But really, all you need to do is run to this one screen and talk to a dog and then follow the dog. The dog that you save, I think, at the beginning of the game. Yeah, I believe so. It's that. It's so. that one. Yeah, and I figured that out pretty quick in my play early playthroughs of this game. Instead of running around and just talking, every I was like, "Oh, look, it's the dog!" And I ran up to the dog, and the dog just <laughs> led me there. So yeah, he, and he takes off and starts fucking with the general who comes running out, and you see it is Rajan. Yeah, yeah, you're coming up on the uh, fusion and Rajan battle. And this is another one where you can miss a girlfriend, a guardian force for <laughs> for not using draw. Uh, yeah, which yeah, one? Which one is it? Is it Fusion? Right, Fusion has yeah, Pandemona. Pandemona. Yeah, and yeah, that and I didn't forget that one. That one yeah. was ingrained in my brain. Yeah, and it's like if you if you haven't figured it out by listening to these episodes yet. Draw is super important. You should have draw on all of your characters, and that should be like your first turn in battle, every and battle. I, like, and I almost want to recommend don't use the cheat to give you max magic because you will forget to draw. Yeah, you will forget yes. to draw. Um, so you you fight Rajan outside by himself, and you got to kick his ass, and he's not that hard. I think I two shot at him. Yeah, and then he runs inside. And Fujin is like, okay, so I don't know if we've explained this yet, but Rajan says, you know, after everything he says, he's just like, hey, Squall, you know, like, Cypher's real mad, you know, but like, we got to follow him, you know, we're his only friends, you know. And then Fujin speaks in one word very loudly. I just picture her screaming like that one where she says, rage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. That's, I just picture her just yelling. Um, so you go in, you kick both their asses, you draw Pandemona. Yeah, Pandemona from, uh, Fujin. Um, there is a little trick from Fujin that you have to be careful of, and it's the move Psy. Did, did that move fuck you up at all? When no, fighting? she never, 
She never got a chance to catch uh, it. She used it on me quite a bit. And I don't know if you've ever encountered it before, but Psy automatically reduces your HP down to one. Ooh. Yeah. So lots of healing once she starts throwing out that Psy. Like, oh, I bet. Yeah. It, yeah. It sounded like you had an easier time with, with Fusion than I did because it started oh, yeah. off started off with that real quick right off the bat just I, like i drew pandemona and then just destroyed them yeah from there you head to trabia garden mm-hmm. and you know i feel like we're blitzing through uh this part of the game a little more but it's like stuff starts happening really quickly yeah, it, it's it, like the, the it, beginning of this game has a lot of lead up and kind of us talking yeah. about the card and stuff. But once it starts hitting, this game hits really quickly. Yeah, like, for sure. The the disc one and like halfway through disc two, three quarters of the way through disc two, it's a, it's a drag. It's a slow build up. But once you hit that point, like the the, the missiles or even Fisherman Horizon, Fisherman's Horizon is where I usually say this is like the true halfway point of the game. Yeah, From this I, point I on, that. it's a fast downhill. Everything moves so much faster now as far yeah, as storyline. It's, it's from one mission next to to the next, to the next, to the next. Like... They they gave you your chance to fuck around with the side quests and or and disc two and then after that they're like okay you got no more time for that. This is where you're about to get hit with like the real plot of the game. Yep. Um, you are asked by Selfie to go to Trabia now that the garden is mobile, and you guys have solved the issue in Balam. You take off to go up to Trabia, which is up in the north in the, the wintry mountains. So you make your way up that direction, and this is where I recommend that most people stop by the Shumi village instead of doing what I did, which was like hours ago in the game, flying all the way up there and just finding it. Um, and you get there and Selfie's like, fuck, the missiles hit it directly. So she climbs this fence and goes running inside. Squall kind of lets her go ahead. And then he, you know, you take over as him and you climb up after. And everybody's like, where'd Selfie go? And Squall's like, I let her run the fuck ahead. Chill out. (laughs) (laughs) She is a strong, independent woman who doesn't need us to keep tabs on her 24-7. Let her do her thing. Hell yes. (laughs) (laughs) Z-snap. Now, so... (laughs) You go running up and you catch up to her. She's talking to one of her friends and you find out it's her best friend. So like, and then you start seeing people come out. So people are still alive. They survived the attack. And she says that she's going to talk to some people to meet her at the basketball courts at the back of Travia garden. And at this, you can run around and talk to a few different people. And I think there's a couple draw points around. This game makes no sense environmentally. Like, you go to the Galabadian Garden, which is obviously not in the Arctic earlier in the game. They have a fucking ice rink in their garden. And then yeah. you come up to Trabia, which is in the Arctic, and they have a fucking basketball court. Come on. Like, Trabia <laughs> should be the hockey garden. Like, for real. I could, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. 
<laughs> that makes sense. It is kind of odd now that you bring that up. I've never correlated that in my own head, but that's that's fucking weird. It is weird. It is weird. I, I since my first playthrough of this game, it's always fucked with me, and it's like, how did you not put the hockey rink in the one cold climate garden? <laughs> like, why did you not do that? I don't know. I do know that uh, Selfie's best friend has the Selfie card. If you don't have that yet, you can play yep. her until you win it. Yep. Um, but you have to complete the whole Travia Garden storyline thing that's going on before you can challenge her to a card game. But once you yeah. do, you, know, you can get that. So you guys go to the basketball court and Selfie shows up. And this is where like Irvine just drops a bomb on everyone. Like basically... Hey, you know we all we all grew up together, right? Like in a nutshell, that's what it is. It's like, yeah, we we all like lived at the orphanage with Matron, which is Adia. Yep. And they're all like, get out of town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh. fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so they start reminiscing and they bring like these memories and then it's like you're like a ghostly version of squall walking around this little area and you see all these little kids and zell's like why do i remember this and irvine's like because you were there and then little zell comes running in and then like there's little cypher just tormenting zell of course chicken was yeah and then there's Squistis. they called her quisty yeah and i believe selfie like all all of these all, all of them were all there of them, all of them yeah except renoa all of them except Renoa. And so they're like, okay, so this is why we all have this weird bond together. And they're like, why did we not remember any of this? And Irvine goes, it's because you use Guardian Force. It's because you have girlfriends. Of course you don't remember shit, you have girlfriends. The fuck, you get a girlfriend, you forget about everything that has why to do with Why won't present, anybody future. love me? <laughs> so one of the trade-offs of using the Guardian Force and having their power is that your brain needs an area to fit that guardian force in so you sacrifice memories in yeah. order to use your guardian the, force the more guardian forces you build up and the more they acquire power the more memory they take up and i want to say that i think it was eric on factory sealed years ago they, when they did a final fantasy 8 episode he goes i had all my guardian forces on squall so that motherfucker must not remember shit <laughs> squall <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I thought the same thing before and it's like well if you like equip them all to just one does he even remember who the hell he is anymore who it's am like, i i am the avatar i have all of the forces <laughs> <laughs> oh man he, so, he turns it he turns into another split personality instead of squall it's pimp daddy squall because he's got all the girlfriends like <laughs> turns the gun blade into a cane and just got this little this little lean, lean walk going <laughs> there buddy yeah i'm here can you hear me yeah there you are technical difficulties okay <laughs> i was like what the fuck happened because all yeah. of a sudden i'm looking at you and i'm like he hasn't moved in like a minute Is he no, right? your 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 audio just stopped and then your screen went black i, I couldn't even see you over here anymore and i was just like Huh. After like yeah. thirty seconds, I was like, "Let me, let me close the full screen to see what's going on." And you, you weren't even on Discord anymore. Like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, it was weird, and it, it wasn't on my side either. My connectivity was great. Like, oh yeah, my my connectivity is going between green and yellow. I'm thinking there's an issue in the area. 
Uh, it's Keystone. It's probably likely. Some drunk probably hit another telephone pole. <laughs> it would not fucking surprise me. All right, so where were we at? Um, oh, I was talking about, if you haven't noticed in this whole shebang that Renoa is, like, infatuated and in love with Squall. Yeah. Like, and there's even what you it, touched it, on. It, it was qu- a slow. It was a slow. It was a slow burn for that because she she was first obsessed with Cipher. Yeah, yeah and, then, and like the more Squall fights with her, the more Renault was like, "Well, I can't have him, but now I want him." Like, <laughs> classic, yeah. classic. Been there, done that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like Quistus all over again. Well, I was gonna say I want to touch on that you had brought up Quistus, and that's. <clears throat> that she touches on that in the game when she's like, I thought that I was in love with Squall, but now I realize it was memories of a big sister-like feeling toward him when we were growing up. And she was like, and I misinterpreted that. And it's like this weird come to herself meeting that Quistus has, like talking to her. Uh-huh. So everyone decides that you got to go take the battle to the, the sorceress and everything, but they want to go see this orphanage. Yeah. So this is where you pilot to Idea's house. Um, I think it was on the Sintra continent, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. So you yeah, Sintra for sure. You head there, and there's some more cutscenes of them reminiscing, and this is where they decide, you know, fate be damned. Yeah. That they've got to save the matron or defeat her. Like, they, she created Seed to one day take the fight to her if needed. And now it's needed. So, like, they're doing what the matron wanted. Mm-hmm. And this is technically the end of disc two. Yeah. Is right here. Um, now, I'm going to ask you. I have gotten up to when they were in space. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and cover that now or save that until next episode? Um, I'm trying to remember where the last spot I finished off. Let me. Well, I can tell you the, the next part is the uh, the clash when you do the whole fight between Galabadia Garden and Bala. Yeah, yeah. Um,. The end of disc two is the whole, um, that whole like juggernaut fight, right? Where you go through Cipher, then Adia. Yes. Yeah, and that's that's on this uh, Clash of the Gardens, I do yeah. believe. Yeah, and I, I think that's the end of disc two, or it might yeah. have been, the, or it might be the beginning of disc three. I can't remember. Yeah. I think where I am at is the beginning of disc three. I think the next thing I have to do is find the seed ship. You're looking for the white, the white seed ship. Yeah. Okay. If you need help finding that, by the way, I can help you find it. No, that, I've, I've, okay. I've tracked it down so many times before. It's it's no big deal. Oh, I know. I was just but, ma- making a silly because I knew yeah, you know you probably know more about this. Yeah. Than me. Let's let's cut this one here so that we can just wrap up 
the the ending to this game with with James next episode because disc three goes pretty quick and disc four is really only the final battle like it's, there's not yeah. much left to this game at all at this point. Well, then let's uh let's cover this clash real quick and then we'll cut it there and we'll yeah. leave the we'll leave the rest of it. So the the clash of the gardens is basically um as you guys are pulling up to Adia's you see Galabadia Garden off in the distance and yeah. you guys basically just decide to go towards it. Galabadia Garden starts slamming into you and jumping and boarding Balam Garden. So like, there's like this literal war between Galabadia and uh, Balam Garden. This is so where I, you have to do the orders in like a specific order, right? Oh, or else oh, the doctor oh. gets mad at you. Like So... You're given a list of things that you need to say, and it says, like, yeah. don't choose too many or don't choose too little. So, if you choose too many, you will, Zhu will be like, man, you probably overwhelmed them with information. Now, if you don't touch on the right stuff, then Katawaki will be like, the fuck is wrong with you? Why didn't you yeah. to save the young ones? Yeah, <laughs> I think there's only, like, three of them that you need to remember, though. Yeah, I did, like, five and got yelled at for it. Oh. Yeah, I think the, oh God, I think the ones that I always pick for are prepare for the attack, prepare our defense, and take care of the junior classmen. Yeah, those are the right three, but I also, I did uh, those three plus um, the garden's trajectory, and I think one other thing. Um, and at this point, you're running around in there. Again, like after you give off, you know, the orders and such, and you're trying to find, I think this is where you split, you split, right? And so Renoa's with Zell and them and they fall off, she falls off the cliff. Yes, I think so. So Renoa is just like hanging off this cliff and as Zell, you have to like run around and go find Squall near the front gate and be like, oh fuck. What are we gonna do? Renault's gonna die. Yeah, and Sel's like, "There's nothing I can do to get to her." Like I tried, but there's nothing. So Squall's like, "Well, sucks for her." And they're all like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Sucks for her." You're like, you need to go save her, motherfucker. She loves you. You need to go save her. So Squall ends up heading up. I want to say it's like the second floor, and. That's right, because then the girl on the second floor, before you can go try to figure out anything with Renoa, the girl on the second floor is like, help me find, there's a missing junior classman, I need you to help me find him. So you go run to the far end of the second hall mm-hmm. and talk to the little kid, and the little kid's like, oh yeah, okay, I'll go run back, thank you. And at this point, there is this paratrooper thing that comes bursting in through the wall mm-hmm. and slams Squall up against this door, and you have a choice of to like try to run or try to attack it. Or look for another choice. So you click look for another choice. Because basically if you try to run away or you try to threaten the enemy or anything, it just hits you and takes your HP down more. And at this point, this is like a mini game. So you have this little mini game health bar. So when you look around for another option, you can release the door behind you. And then he goes to try to hit you against the door again. And you all go tumbling out. Did you get the fourth option doing that? No. There's a fourth option. If you keep hitting the uh, look for another option enough, you get a fourth option, which turns into threaten the enemy. Oh, interesting. No, yeah. I didn't use that one. 
Um, so you guys end up, you're end up, you're hanging from this paratrooper suit with this Galavadian soldier, and you guys are just like punching each other. Mm-hmm. And it's basically who is going to win this punch off first. And this took me like six tries. I don't know why. Yeah. I eventually I just started just punching him until he died. Like I was trying to punch, then block, and then kick, and it was like, no, you just need to punch him, punch him, punch him, punch him, punch him. Yeah, if you block a lot and start timing the blocks and stuff right, you will get presented with the option to use what is called death blow on him, and it deals some pretty fucking sweet damage. Yeah, see, I never, I never got the chance to use Death Blow. That's yeah. what I was going for. I, I knew about but... that from previous playthroughs before. So I, I just block, 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 wait for the Death Blow. And then once I hit that, then I just switch to Punch because most of his HP is already gone. So at that point, uh, you, you knock the dude off and you're flying around on the paratrooper uh, armor. And yeah. You go and you save Renoa. And you guys land, and she thanks you, and you guys have like another romantic moment between the two of you. And then you run into Galabadia Garden, and at this point, you got to run around and find key cards. Yeah. So you have to save. I think you find like a male student trying to hide, and the student's like, "Yo, the army came in here and took this bitch over. Like, we got nothing to do with this. We apologize. You know what? In fact, here's my key card. You can now go into areas you couldn't access before." Do you know where the first one is? Uh, it's in a dorm, right? It's in the fucking hockey goal. <laughs> nice. Key nice. Oh, no, that's one. that's key, key card two. Are you sure? That's key card. Yeah, yeah, because the first one is in the the guy in the dorm room, and then you uh, head to the gym, and the guy near the I, hockey rink is just like... It, just, it, it must yeah. just be the hockey rink for me. That's like the only one I can always remember. Like, <laughs> I know there's also there's also a draw point in, in the hockey goal itself. Yeah, there is. Uh, I don't remember what spell it is. It might be like Blizzard or something. But uh, God, why don't I not remember it either? Um, but yeah. But fun fact, if you run around on the hockey rink, you can get into a fight with monsters that are in hockey gear. Yes. And it's pretty awesome. They're all double zeros, but like they're straight up. They got pads. They got the jerseys. They got the hockey sticks as weapons. Yeah, and fucking like goons fighting those demons from Dogma. Yeah. <laughs> so once you gather all three of the card keys, you run back to the center of the room, and suddenly, and there's a big glowing light that's been in the middle of Galabadia <laughs> Garden, and it's got a draw point for I believe haste in the middle of it. And then you come running back in, and there's a giant creature standing there. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck is this? So you run up and fight it, and boom, it's Cerberus, which Cer- is another yeah. guardian force. But this one, you only have to beat him, and then he'll join you. Yeah, th- this girlfriend's not too bad. No, no. She's got three heads. So that could come in handy. <laughs> um, Not very hard, though. Like, took it down. Yeah. Um, It does have some good magic to draw from it. Quake yep, and good. triple. Good magic. You get the uh, Cerberus card from beating Cerberus as well. So yeah, if, yeah, if, you, right, if you've right. been wor- if you've been working on the the card quests, this this is one of the this is like an easy one. You don't have to track down the Cerberus card. You just you get rewarded with it. And that brings us to the final battle of Disc Two, yeah, which is Cipher and yeah. Th- this if you didn't 
junction everything right or you haven't been focusing on your gfs or any like your magics and everything at this point this part of disc the disc this part of the game can be a little brutal you, you jump from cerberus to cipher first yeah and this and you, you... yeah this being being a veteran player of this game cipher is easy like, so yeah, you fuck. I think I fucked Cipher up with like two hits, maybe yeah. even one. You know, yeah. at this point, I had Lionheart for Squall. Yeah, I, I, I had all of their best weapons. So yeah, it's like yeah, if you're it, if you're new to this game, I would take your time grinding disc one for items in particular, because yeah. if you do enough grinding and you get the enough item, you can actually have the ultimate weapon, Lionheart, by the end of disc one. Yeah, but, which puts you significantly far ahead for damage with Squall. Yeah. For yeah. sure, yeah. Um, it, it's one. It's one hundred percent doable to get most of the ultimate weapons by the end of disc one if you do enough grinding. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah. once you beat Cipher, he yeah. kind of falls to his knee like a little bitch. Yeah, and Adia's like fuck off and just like floats through the floor. Yeah, down to the auditorium below, and you're like, well, son of a bitch. I guess the auditorium's below here. We got to go there. So you got to make your way. Uh, across the top upper stairs in the second floor of the garden, make your way around and then head into the auditorium where then you have to fight Cypher again. Yep. And then once you beat him, you have to fight Adia. Did you this is, use magic on them at all or junction magic or anything like that? Nope. Cypher no, I... and Adia are both weak to sleep. So if you junction sleep to your status attack, you have a good chance of putting them to sleep, and that you know, makes significantly easy. Selfie has sleep as her status junction, and I did not have her in my party for this. Oh, uh, yeah. That's why I roll with Selfie a lot. <laughs> um, but don't forget, uh, when you're fighting Adia, to draw Alexander from her. Yeah. Yep. You know, he, it's another missable guardian force. Yep. Um, Carbu- Carbuncle is very helpful against Adia because yep. she casts a lot of spells, and that reflect that he puts on you helps a lot. Did you pick up the royal crown from Adia? Um, I was using Mug, so I assume that I got it. But yeah, I haven't checked my yeah. inventory. Mug is like the only way you can get it from her. Yeah, I don't even remember what that it, what that does. Yeah. Um the the easiest way to do it is to put her ass to sleep and then mug her. And then the 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 crown that you steal from her, it teaches the girlfriend's magic plus sixty percent. Oh, nice! So if you already haven't learned that, it it's a pretty pretty useful item. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, that you know, if you cast magic, I will say that I do not cast magic at all in this game unless I absolutely have to. Yeah, I very rare. I I just hoard that shit. Yeah, for I sure. Do. I think my like lineup is draw card item GF like a combination yeah. of those. It it got to the point that I had some items to teach GFs different skills, but like they didn't have any room. Yeah. So I would I would use amnesia greens and forget magic or if they had like the magic plus 20% and stuff, I'd forget those. I'd forget I even forgot like magic junction. Like, yeah. Fuck it, don't care. 
Don't need it. Not going to use it. I want strength plus 60% on more than one of my GFs. Like, yeah. Equip it. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I understand that. Like, um, most most of my playthroughs, I avoid the magic aspect of this game, too. If I'm feeling frisky and up for it, I'll try to do a playthrough where I focus solely just on magic. Like, it's it's a little different of a style playthrough, but... Oh, yeah, I can bet. I can bet. But, it's like you're sacrificing your stats to do damage. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But it's it's so much better of a gameplay to just forget magic exists and focus on that strength. Dude, you have a sword with a gun built in it. Just use that. Like, yeah. Come on. I have, I have a gun blade. I'm going to do some magic. So we'll leave it off with this, is that you beat Adia, and she falls to the ground, and she stands up, and she's like, Squall, Quisty, Selfie, Zell. I'm so happy you're all here. And Squall is like, what the fuck? And then Renoa, like, does this weird sway walk thing <clears throat> over to Cypher and then picks Cypher up and puts her head to him. And then lays, and then he, like, gets up and walks into a portal and then she just passes the fuck out. Yeah. And that's the end of disc two. Yep. So we'll we'll leave it there, um, man. I, I'm still really enjoying this game. I love like, this game. Like I, even though I've played this game so many times, like I could almost play this game just off of memory. Like not even having to pull up a walkthrough just to make sure I don't miss anything at this point. Yeah, yeah. And I feel then the same way. with this having the three time or the the three t- three x speed up version of this game it's almost like a speed run for me at this point like yeah i, I almost I'm wonder how not fast as far I as you, yeah I, i'm not as far as you into this game because having one-year-old remy running around yeah takes, I don't have any <laughs> takes up a little it takes a little bit of my time but when i do sit down to play this game i fucking fly through it like i you I could probably sit down with this game and actually just like speed run this whole game, all four discs in one day, if I had the time to actually do it. I think I could do that too. Yeah. Just just solid, just running through it, because there's never really a point in the game where you need to grind. No, there isn't. Not unless you yeah. want to focus on those, um, getting those GF ultimate weapons and, and the GF skills. But yeah. once you hit that Fisherman's Horizon and get the Cactar Island, the GF skills come quickly with with the cactars so even if you just stopped to, to do a couple hours of grinding on cactar island you get a lot of the stuff for your gfs right then and there yeah for sure and then if for you sure. really wanted to do the full speed run to see how fast you could do it you could just throw on all the cheats the the, the max items <laughs> the max skill the the max level gfs yeah and then the just all items it. yeah just start off very beginning of disc one with all the items. You, you're a level zero squall with Lionheart and a fucking final limit break and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That would be like a true speed run. Just one hit everything all the way through the game. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, I well, think that one of the cheats too is you can uh, have limit break available every round. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. Could, if you hit your right thumbstick, it'll yeah. keep you at max health and keeps you at full limit break. You can just yeah. span limit breaks. Full, over yeah, over. span limit breaks, and you can turn on the automatic trigger so you don't have to time 
his sword swings, so you're just doing max blast damage every attack, too. Yeah. Now, I, I do want to say that this playthrough, I haven't done it yet, but now that I have Ragnarok, I'm going to. I went and got Bahamut. Yeah. And now I am going to beat Ultimate Weapon, because I've never beaten Ultimate Weapon. So I'm going to give shoot my shot at that without using the keep yourself healed cheat. Just yeah. gonna go in there with the shit that I've got. Have fun with that. I will. I will. I will do my best. Um, but you know, as we said, um, next week we're gonna pretty much cover uh, disc three and then what there is of disc four because disc four is basically just Ultimacia's castle and a lot of story dump. Yeah, um, it's a lot of dialogue on disc four. There's actually yes. not much play. It's like they almost couldn't. They they ran a little long on disc three, so they had to throw in that random disc just to finish it off. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I know. So we'll probably gloss over all of that, um, cover some stuff in depth, other stuff, kind of leave it so that you guys don't have the entire ending of the game spoiled for you in case you wanted to go back and play it, or we yeah. might spoil it all and just give you a spoiler alert. This, um, this game's we, old enough, and if you you haven't played, you haven't picked it up yet, well. Good for you, but you're getting a spoiler. Like, this game's been out long enough. And hopefully, if all goes according to plan, we will be joined by James from the JRPG Report, and we will be talking to him about his podcast and you know his feel on JRPGs and how he feels about Final Fantasy VIII. It'll probably See, turn into a blasphemous fight, because I know he's not too big of a fan of VIII's junction system. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting for sure. It'll be interesting for sure. But I, we welcome both sides, you know. Yeah, it's no, like for sure. Our, it, it'll if we be... play a game that we really like, but our listeners are like, "Man, that game really sucks." Like, feel free to come on Facebook and be like, "Hey, I hate that game, and here's why." And dude, we I appreciate that kind of stuff. You know, I ha- you... I have a feeling that will happen with the last tinker. If anybody actually does go out of their way to find that game and play that, they're gonna probably be like, "What the fuck were these dumb motherfuckers talking about?" But. Or, that game was great. Pick up that game. Me, 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 studios. If you hear this, make a fucking sequel. I want yeah, it now. <laughs> like, totally. Totally. Um, or on the opposite side of that, we might have the people that are like, Corpse Party Blood Drive was the best uh, fucking thing I've ever played. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? You know, it's, it's, so there's always going to be differing opinions, but you're more than welcome to share them with yeah, us on our Facebook. Yeah. And speaking of, oh, go ahead. It'll it'll be good to have his perspective, too. Just him doing the JRPG report and him being into the JRPGs. It'll be good to get that side from somebody else who is not, like, a casual gamer from me and you who are just into all sorts of RPGs, not just necessarily JRPGs. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to uh, prepare something for him too, so you know, we'll we'll see we'll see how he handles it. It'll yeah. it'll be it'll be a fun episode. It'll probably be a long episode. Uh, um, the, these Final Fantasy VIII episodes have been long in general, anyway. But this yeah, this game is very this game's got a great storyline, and it's got so much to actually talk about in the game. Yeah, yeah. There's so much little stuff you know that you can do, little nuances and different ways to play it. You know. Yeah. But uh, speaking of social media, before I forget, because I do believe I forgot on the last episode, you can find us at Facebook.com slash the Steam Machine Podcast or at Twitter or on Twitter at Steam underscore son of a bitch. Steam underscore podcast. There we go. You always do the underscore. I do because it's like (laughs) Steam Machine underscore. I was like, ah. So yeah, yeah, Steam underscore podcast on Twitter and 
as always, we'd really appreciate it if you guys would go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It really helps out with us climbing up the ranks of all of the millions and millions of gaming podcasts that are out there. And uh, you got anything else, man? No, I think I hear little little Remy waking up, so I'm probably going to have to run and go grab Perfect him. timing. Yeah. All right, so for, for this week's Steam Machine Podcast, I'm Dalton. He's Ryan, and we have to go! (laughs) Take it easy, guys.